Ladies and gentlemen, good day and welcome to the Progress Software Corporation first quarter 2021 investor relations call. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Mr. Michael Michike, Vice President of Investor Relations. Please go ahead, sir. Great. Uh, thank you, David. Thank you, David. Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for joining us for Progress Software's fiscal first quarter 2021 financial results conference call. My name is Mike Michike. I recently joined Progress as Vice President of Investor Relations. I'm thrilled to be on board, and I look forward to meeting all of you soon. With me today is Yogesh Gupta, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Anthony Folger, Chief Financial Officer. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that during this call, we will discuss our outlook for future financial operating performance, corporate strategies, product plans, cost initiatives, our integration of, of, the, of SHEP, the impact of the COVID-19 crisis on our business, and other information that might be considered forward-looking. This forward-looking information represents Progress Software's outlook and guidance only as of today and is subject to risks and uncertainties. For a description of the risk factors that may affect our results, please refer to our recent SEC filings, in particular the section captioned risk factors in our most recent Form 10-K. Progress Software assumes no obligation to update the forward-looking statements including, included in this call, whether a result of new developments or otherwise. Additionally, on this call, all financial figures we use are non-GAAP measures unless otherwise indicated. You can find a reconciliation of these non-GAAP financial measures to the most directly comparable GAAP numbers in our financial results press release, which was issued after the market closed today and is also published on our website. This document contains the full detail, details of our financial results for the fiscal first quarter of 2021, and I recommend you reference it for specific details. We also have published a presentation that contains supplemental data for our first quarter 2021 results, providing highlights and additional financial metrics. Before our earnings release, uh, both our earnings release and this presentation are available in the investor relations section of our website at investors.progress.com. Today's conference call will be recorded in its entirety and will be available via replay from the investor relations section of our website. With that, I'll now turn it over to you, Yogesh. Hey, thank you, Mike, and welcome. Uh, it's great to have you on board. Uh, and thank you all for joining our Q1 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. As I'm sure you've seen by now, uh, the first quarter was an excellent start to 2021, highlighted by better-than-expected performance across all metrics. Our overperformance was driven by a combination of strong execution and an improving demand environment from our customers and partners spanning virtually all of our product lines. We benefited from improved macroeconomic conditions as more businesses reopened from COVID-19 and became more active with their IT projects. What's more, our performance in Q testament to the mission-critical nature of our comprehensive product portfolio, which remains as strategic as ever to our customers and partners. As a result of our strong Q1 performance and increased confidence in our business, we have meaningfully raised our 2021 outlook for revenue, EPS, and cash flow. And Anthony will cover this in more detail as part of his comments. As I reflect on the strength of our Q1 performance, it's worth stressing the investments we've made to modernize our portfolio and the industry trends benefiting our business. As more customers and partners have taken a cloud-first approach for their applications, data, and content, our chefs, open-edge, and Movit products are available to support their efforts. 
our heritage of delivering best-in-class application development offerings that are truly developer-centric, coupled with our strength in data and infrastructure management, and our pioneering DevOps capabilities, has produced a portfolio of products that fully addresses the modern continuous application development, deployment, and management lifecycle. What's more, it was our flagship open-edge product that was the single largest contributor to our top-line outperformance in Q1. Its performance was fueled by the strong execution of our direct sales team and increased strength from our open-edge ISPs, which is a tremendously positive data point because of the large number of global businesses that these independent software vendors touch. Our long-term expectations for OpenEdge haven't changed, and the stability and resiliency of OpenEdge remains its true strength. In addition, the acquisition of Chef, which expanded our presence in the DevOps and DevSecOps markets, gives us further optimism about FY21. The DevOps and DevSecOps space continues to see growth as the shift-less paradigm in application development and deployment accelerates, and the role of developers becomes increasingly more important. We continue to win new logos in our chef business during the quarter. The world's top two social media companies and four of the five fan companies are now chef customers. In addition to acquiring new chef logos, our net retention rates with chef continue to run higher than anticipated as a result of continued success renewing and expanding relationships with some of the world's largest and fastest growing SaaS companies, such as Salesforce, Slack, and Microsoft, to name a few. The Chef team, product suite, and customer base have been tremendous additions to progress. And I've been amazed by the dedication of the team to customer centricity, which is similar to the dedication within our progress DNA. We also saw strength within our DCI direct business as well as with our network monitoring solution that came over with the Ipswich acquisition, which has seen increased interest given the turmoil in that space. All in all, we could not be pleased with the performance of our products. We will continue to focus our growth efforts on this market by enhancing and expanding our portfolio, and we will also remain laser focused on delivering superior value to our customers in order to maintain our solid net dollar retention rates, which have consistently been above 97% across our portfolio. Our stable customer base, coupled with some of the market trends I described earlier, have allowed us to maintain a very stable top line, which is reflected in our high and increasing mix of recurring revenue. As we've mentioned previously, the mix of revenue from recurring sources has increased 600 basis points from 74% in 2018 to 80% in 2020, and we expect this trend to continue. Additionally, to provide better investors better visibility into this dynamic in our top line, and to provide more insight into our underlying performance, we've begun to disclose ARR, annualized recurring revenue, which also highlights the stability and durability of our business. Anthony will talk in more detail about our ARR and net dollar retention rates in his comments. But I'd like to reiterate that the strength and stability of our top line 
continues to come from a combination of first, outstanding enterprise technology that powers mission-critical systems serving a growing and dynamic market, and second, a customer-centric approach across our entire organization, including product management, engineering, technical support, sales, and customer relationship management. Now, turning to our M&A efforts, which underpin our overall total growth strategy, we remain laser-focused on building our of opportunities in this hyper-competitive but plentiful environment. Our integration of chefs is proceeding ahead of schedule, which contributed to our profitability upside in the quarter. Meanwhile, our pipeline for deals has grown meaningfully, and we've continued to expand and strengthen our sourcing channels, as well as our internal capabilities to simultaneously operate, integrate, and support acquired companies. We have been and are actively pursuing deals across the entire DevOps lifecycle, application development, deployment, and operations. Our financial criteria, which includes a mix of recurring revenue and strong retention rates, continues to be paramount. And we will, of course, remain disciplined to ensure we realize meaningful value from each acquisition. In summary, Q1 marked an excellent start to the year for progress. Our performance was stronger than expected across virtually all product lines and all of our metrics. And I'm thrilled with how well we are positioned to tackle the opportunities ahead of us. I would like to now turn the call over to Anthony to discuss our financial results and our guidance for Q2, as well as for the full year. Anthony? Great. Thanks, Yogesh. And good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining our call. As Yogesh mentioned, we're very pleased with our Q1 results and feel we're positioned well for the year ahead. Our revenue for the quarter came in at $131.8 million, well above the high end of the guidance range we provided back in January and represents 16% growth on a year-over-year -year basis. Our top-line results in the quarter were driven by better-than-expected performance across all of our product lines, but much of the outperformance came from OpenEdge, our Ipswich products, What's Up Gold and Move It, and finally Chef. I'd also like to point out that our strong Q1 performance was more than enough to offset the expected year-over-year -year decline of more than $8 million in our data direct product which we mentioned as part of our outlook back in January. We've previously discussed how ASC 606 has affected revenue recognition for subscription products such as DataDirect. With the addition of Chef to our portfolio, an increasing proportion of our revenue now comes from recurring sources, whether they be on-prem subscriptions, term license agreements, or SaaS deployment models. In order to provide better insight into the underlying performance of our business to address the potential variability in revenue recognition resulting from these different revenue models, and to highlight the durability of our recurring revenue base, beginning in the first quarter, we are disclosing annualized recurring revenue and net dollar retention rate. We've provided clear definitions of these metrics in the supplemental presentation accompanying our press release, and I'd like to comment briefly on both. First, 
our Q1 ending ARR was $432 million, an increase of 22% on a year-over-year basis, with the increase largely driven by the acquisition of Shell. It's also worth highlighting, however, that on a pro forma basis, which would include Chef's pre-acquisition ARR, our ARR would still reflect low single-digit growth in the first quarter of 2021 when compared to the first quarter of 2020. That stability, coupled with a net dollar retention rate that's consistently ranged between 97 and 100 percent, provides us with confidence in the durability of our top line. We will continue to provide these ARR and NRR metrics quarterly, and we look forward to discussing them further on future calls. Turning now to expenses, our total costs and operating expenses for the quarter were $75.1 million, up 14% compared to the prior year quarter. This year-over-year increase is driven by the acquisition of Chef, partially offset by lower expenses in the rest of our business, where we continue to operate more efficiently. Operating income was $56.7 million, up $8.7 million, or 18%, compared to the first quarter of 2020. And our operating margin was 43%, compared to 42% in the prior year quarter. On the bottom line, earnings per share of $0.95 for the quarter represents growth of 25% year-over-year and is $0.19 above the high end of our guidance range. This overperformance on the bottom line was driven by our outstanding top-line performance, coupled with good cost management across the business, including Chef, where our integration is now running slightly ahead of plan And I'd like to point out that we still anticipate recognizing all synergies from the CHEF integration by the end of fiscal 2021. Moving on now to a few balance sheet and cash flow metrics. We ended the quarter with cash, cash equivalents, and short-term investments of $114 million and debt of $366 million. ESO for the quarter was 53 days an improvement of one day when compared to the fourth quarter of 2020, and an increase of four days from 49 days in the year-ago quarter. Adjusted free cash flow was $47 million for the quarter, up almost $14 million, or 40%, from the $33 million we achieved in Q1 of last year. This growth in free cash flow was driven by our strong top-line performance and the previously mentioned improvements to operating leverage in our business. During the first quarter, we repurchased 353,000 shares of Progress stock at a total cost of $15 million, and at the end of the quarter, we had $175 million remaining under our current share repurchase authorization. In addition, during the first quarter, we made a $15 million payment against our revolving line of credit which we had drawn down to consummate the CHEF acquisition in the fourth quarter of 2020. Before I turn to our outlook for Q2 and for the full year 2021, I'd like to point out that with recent changes to our business, including the acquisition of CHEF, 
and other product level realignments, we have changed how we assess performance and allocate resources across the business. As a result of these changes, we expect to begin operating as one distinct segment instead of the three segments that we've previously reported. We plan to implement the new segment structure, starting with the results for the second quarter of 2021, which will be reported in June. Okay, I'd now like to turn to our outlook for Q2 and the full year 2021. For the second quarter of 2021, we expect revenue between 119 and 123 million and earnings per share of between 72 and 74 cents. And for the full year 2021, we are increasing our outlook on each metric and expect revenue between 519 and 527 million, an increase of 6 million from our prior guidance operating margin of approximately 38%, an increase of 100 basis points from our prior guidance, adjusted free cash flow between 155 and $160 million, an increase of 5 million from our prior guidance, and earnings per share of between $3.38 and $3.42, an increase of 15 cents from the midpoint of our prior guidance. Our annual EPS estimate contemplates a tax rate of 20%, approximately 44.6 million shares outstanding, and the impact of $40 million of share repurchases we are targeting to complete by the end of 2021. In closing, we're truly excited to deliver results that reflect a strong and durable top line, expanding operating margins, and meaningful growth in earnings per share. As we begin to realize synergies from the acquisition of Chef, our total growth strategy continues to be validated, and we're very well positioned to deliver strong results for the remainder of 2021. With that, David, I'd like to open the call for Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, the floor is open for your questions. If you would like to ask a question, you may do so by pressing star 1 now. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure that your mute function is disabled to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 now. Our first questioner is Anya Soderstorm with Sidori. Uh, hi, uh, everyone. Thank you for taking my question. and um, Congratulations on a great quarter. Uh, I just have a first question. Uh, question on the guidance. Seems like for the full year uh, increase, uh, you might be a little bit uh, conservative considering the beat on the first quarter. Can you just talk a little bit about that? So, um, hey, Anya, thank you, first of all. Uh, yeah, it was a wonderful quarter. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, our ways, as you know, uh, historically, uh, when we've beaten um, the top line in the first quarter, um, you know, by a couple of million dollars, we have um, usually not done any changes to our top line for the year. And that's because, you know, that's still three quarters ahead. Uh, because of the really strong performance uh, and our confidence in the way the business is shaping up for the whole year, uh, we thought that we could raise it in a meaningful way uh, with the ways that we have done. 
Okay, uh, that sounds good. And uh, how about the momentum then through the quarter and into the second quarter? Uh, it seems like it sounds like that's very strong. We we had a really good quarter. Uh, you know, uh, we you know we we have uh, provided guidance for Q2 based on what we think we uh, we expect for the second quarter. Uh, you know, we you know we are confident about uh, the way um, business is appearing at this point, of course, still uncertainty, right? The COVID is not behind us. There is still, um, you know, pockets where, you know, businesses have been locked that basically are in, in lockdown mode. But, but we feel confident about the trajectory of our business. We feel confident about our execution. Uh, we, we, we feel confident about the demand for our products. Uh, and so, um, so our guidance reflects that confidence. Thank you. And one more for me in, in regards to your M&A. You uh, made a comment about your uh, an expansion of the sourcing channels. Can you elaborate on that? So, we, yes, of course, Anya. So, so you know, uh, historically we have uh, focused, of course, with, you know, working closely with investment bankers. Um, uh, that has gotten expanded. In fact, we have uh, many more investor, uh, um, uh, investment banker relationships uh, once Jeremy came on board, he's been able to expand that in, in a meaningful way. We have also spent a significant amount of effort and time uh, connecting with a whole host of uh, venture capitalists who have portfolios that are in the application development, deployment, and management uh, market segments um, that have products that would uh, fit in our product portfolio uh, and, and that basically could have opportunities that are getting to be of scale. So that's another area where uh, Jeremy and the team have done a really good job of expanding. Uh, we are uh, also connecting with more um, uh, founders as well. Uh, you know, so for founder-led companies, if you, if you recall, uh, Ipswich was a company that was uh, still owned by Roger Green, who was the founder, and, and so we were able to do that. And so expanding that channel has been another effort. And last but not least, you know, we are also expanding our relationships with uh, some of the larger uh, technology companies that might have some carve-outs. Uh, that's a very small universe, as you know, uh, but still, you know, we've begun to have conversations with them as well. So, again, to, to us, it is trying to find all venues and, and all avenues for us to be able to find more opportunities uh, and, and to be able to find the right ones uh, that fit us, not only from the perspective of, uh, the business criteria, right? High levels of recurring revenue, high retention rates, but also where we believe uh, we can generate meaningful value for our shareholders by being disciplined on the financial side. So, um, so that, that's what we've been doing. And, and, and also, uh, Anya, as an aside, we also have continued to improve and strengthen our internal uh, capabilities so that we can do multiple deals, you know, we can have uh, the chef deal was done, and as we said in January, you know, we were ready to do another one. Uh, and so that is why we feel really confident about our ability to continue to execute on our total growth strategy uh, driven by M&A. Okay, thank you. That was all for me. Thank you, Anya. Thank you. Our next question comes from Mark Chappelle with Benchmark. Hey, guys. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Hey, so, uh, you? so there's a couple of questions. We'll start with you. Um, first off, uh, very nice job in the quarter. Um, Thank you. 
With respect to the uh, Open Edge ISV business, it continues to perform well. I was wondering if you could uh, just provide any additional color with respect to what maybe your ISV partners are, are telling you they're seeing in the business. Yeah, so I, absolutely, Mark. You know, so we, um, interestingly enough, uh, in this quarter, we, we had um, strong uh, Open Edge ISV uh, performance, as, as well as, by the way, Open Edge Direct as well, um, as, as some of the uh, some of our customers expanded their their relationships with us in a meaningful way. Um, I think uh, what we hear from um, the ISPs, of course, is that their business um, they're becoming more confident in their own business. And since they are the ones that, of course, as, as you know, Mark, uh, they you know they have a very very large reach on a global basis. I think to us that that reflects uh, a uh, a strengthening of the you know, market and, and and the demand for the kind of products we offer, right? And, and you know, there's customers saying, hey, how do we modernize? How do we expand? How do we take uh, our application that is on open edge and do more with it um, as as business needs grow? So, um, so that's really uh, a, a very, very positive sign for us. And we feel really good about what is happening with our ISV base. And, and as I said, we are also actually seeing and we saw in Q1 actually a, a, a pickup on some of our direct customers who ended up expanding uh, relationships with us as well. So we're, we're seeing some interesting, um, very positive signs. We also saw signs that were positive with respect to IT projects being started uh, for new online engagement and, and, and new um, you know, customer engagement projects. And, 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 and those professional services projects, of course, are only done when I think business is feeling a little bit better because they are not just a, you know just add some more licenses right they're doing something more doing something new so I, I we think that that business is feeling more confident around the globe and, and that's reflected in in the performance of ISVs um, who use open edge great thank you and then uh, shifting gears a little bit uh, with respect to the integration of chef it yeah. sounds like it's proceeding ahead of plan uh, that's good I was just wondering if maybe you could give us an idea of uh, some of the uh, integration work that uh, still remains to uh, to be performed out there. Yeah, so I think you know it, 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 uh, uh, the, the initial sort of heavy lifting is is, is all done, so which which we feel really good about. Um, obviously, uh, Mark, for certain things like you know some some backend systems that need to be integrated. Um, uh, that are you know, not related to finance, but that, that are related to, let's say, technical support or customer support. Uh, those kind of things are, are being worked on and will continue to be worked on, and which is why Anthony said, you know, some of the integration, you know, will take us uh, towards the end of the year. And, and uh, But overall, we've actually been able to accelerate um, a, a lot of the integration, and, and, and that, that helped us, of course, on the profitability. Chef also, of course, outperformed on the top line as well compared to our plan. So, so we're really pleased with, with the way Chef is shaping up, both on the top line and, and on the bottom line. And uh, and the team that has come across is just absolutely phenomenal. And it is it, it, it fit so well with progress. They, they have a very much a customer-centric view of what they do. Uh, they are passionate about the product. They are passionate about the open source community. Um, they, they are passionate about serving their customers and making sure that the customers are successful. We have been able to... Um, not only connect with a very large number of the large customers, but we've also been able to connect with uh, the, the open source community contributors, and, and uh, they are very engaged with us. So, 
all of that stuff. And it really meshes well with our DNA at Progress, which has always been customer-centric, as, as you know, Mark. So, so it, it has been, so far, it, it has been wonderful. It has been a really, really positive acquisition. Okay, very good. And then bringing Anthony into the mix here. Anthony, I was wondering if you just review some of the reasons why uh, the company has decided to move to a single reporting structure rather than the, uh, the current three-segment structure. Yeah, yeah, sure, Mark. It's a good question. You know, I, I think there was a, a point in time historically where uh, I would say the company was probably very rigidly aligned around those three segments, and, and it made a lot of sense in terms of how we manage the business. And, you know, I, I think over time things started to shift a little bit. Uh, and when we brought Chef in, um, you know, Chef in our existing segment structure fit into application development and deployment. And once we put that in there, it really became, you know, I would say it's its own unit. And, and we started to look at the business more on a product by product level, and I would say less so on the traditional segment. So, you know, we were evaluating performance down to the product level, thinking about resource allocation down to the product level, and ultimately it just no longer made sense to, uh, you know, with all the realignments that had gone on, to carry the three segments forward. So, um, you know, I think that that change will roll through in the, in the second quarter. I think we'll still continue to give color on some product level performance as it's relevant to the, to the operations overall. But I, I don't think that the, the three segments are still going to be meaningful to progress. And so I think ultimately what, what starts to probably become interesting, I think, is, you know, the annualized recurring revenue and, and really the stability there, the, the net dollar retention rates and the stability that, that those display as well. Um, and then, you know, a lot of product level detail that we can share as quarters go by and, and as products may or may not have a, a material impact on the business. Great, thank you. Helpful, that's all for me. Thank you. Thank you. At this time, we have hey, no further. Thank you, Mark. At this time, we have no further questionnaires. I'll turn it back to Mr. Yogesh Gupta for closing comments. Thank you, David. Um, thank you all for joining our call today. Uh, I'm genuinely excited about our performance in Q1. Uh, our product portfolio uh, addresses a large market opportunity, and I'm especially proud of the continued hard work and dedication of our entire organization during the quarter, which positions us really well as we continue to execute our total growth strategy. I look forward to talking to you all soon. Thank you again, and bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes today's presentation. Thank you all for your participation. You may now disconnect.